The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Chance to let it all out. Let's have a good cry. Saturday was going to be an awesome opportunity for Nebraska football. Wisconsin, that uh, is canceled. You found that out this morning. And we'll hear from Barry Alvarez shortly. Numbers to get in, 466-3776, numbers to dial up. Find us, follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal, and can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. There's a lot of places to start, but let's start uh, with a little trip back in time from Scott Frost leading up to Ohio State when it comes to COVID, navigation, and getting through the season? I think there's concern. Um, I think if if you want to play um, and you find ways to play, I think you'll find ways to play. If, if you find ways and reasons to not play, I think you can uh, accomplish that goal too. Let's get into that. Let's get into finding ways to play, finding ways not to play. At my core, I look at a guy like Paul Christ. I look at a guy like Barry Alvarez. Two guys that are, that are kind of throwbacks. Two guys that are big football people. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, I am not going to side on the narrative out there that Wisconsin's down to their fourth team quarterback. Let's... Uh, Let's let's see what happens. And if there's more COVID tests, eh, we'll just cancel the thing. Those guys want to play football. I believe in my heart that they want to play football and things just got out of hand. Now, when we talk about uh, this COVID number rising in Wisconsin and the category they are at, the orange-red category, Wisconsin made the call today. Barry Alvarez, uh, their chancellor, Blank, uh, got together and said uh, from a responsibility standpoint, uh, they are not going to play football on Saturday. So at my heart, I want to believe that Wisconsin was ready to come in with whoever's taking snaps, run the ball downhill, play great defense, and piss a bunch of Nebraska fans off on Halloween. Uh, That's where I'm at, knee-jerk, if I look at this thing. But, man, you look at a week ago, just one positive test, 
at Wisconsin. Uh, Mertz goes for five touchdowns, 20 at 21. If you listen to Dan Patrick, it sounds like Mertz may have been positive Friday. So questions that we don't have answers to that I want some answers to, and we talked with Barry Alvarez yesterday, things were were fine. (laughs) And then they weren't. And it it comes down to testing, right? And with with these rapid tests, uh, how how reliable are they? And and listen, in, in a pandemic, in COVID, the unexpected is the norm, okay? So for, for Paul Chris to feel great and then get tested after a negative test and get tested again with the PCR test and then come back positive and have to, to quarantine for 10 days, man, where was the slip in testing? How many people total is Wisconsin testing? Is It's 12 positive tests, six players and six staff members in five days. Is it going to be 15? Is it going to be 20? I mean, with the math that's been out there on Twitter per the uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and some really fine reporting here, too, with uh, media outlets in, in Nebraska. I mean, the number you got to hit on a, on, a, on a seven-day rolling average is about 45 with your football program to hit that, that danger number of 5% or depending on the, the, the total positivity rate of 7.5%. Were, were guys being cautious and careful? Did somebody roll into a facility that was asymptomatic and then bang, this spreads like wildfire? I believe Wisconsin is is a program that really cares about their student-athletes. They're Nebraska-like, okay? So they're going to do whatever they can. They're going to be safe. Uh, Were guys at a wedding two weeks ago before the season started? There's that out there. And it derailed a chance to really see where Nebraska's at and test themselves against a hell of a football program, fourth team quarterback or wild badger cat or not, on Saturday. Uh, we'll get to the phones here in a minute. A line open at 466-377-6800-825-5865. I don't think there's anything sinister. I think this is just pandemic, and it really sucks. And that's the understatement of 2020, and there's been a bunch of bad statements in 2020 because of the excitement, the patience, the, the elation you had for football coming back, and then you see some some improvement with the football program you really love as a Nebraska fan, and then you're waiting for week two. What's that jump going to be like week one to week two against a, a top 10 team? Against a team that's had your number, that's owned you, that's physically mauled you a, a lot. And man, it felt... Saturday was going to feel like a like a good time. I know no fans in stands, but we were all getting geared up to cover it. And you're getting geared up to watch it and see what Nebraska was made of to try and bounce back and respond after a tough one against Ohio State. But this is just crushing. And the bottom line fact is this, that the Big Ten should, I don't know that they will, but they should consider letting Nebraska play a game on Saturday. I know they shot down any non-conference 
options or opportunity earlier with this, are we going to play or are we not going to play? But the Big Ten, really, when it came to return to play, went begrudgingly. And they went begrudgingly, and it's proven, in fact, the fact they didn't, they didn't factor in any, any flexibility. There is no bye week. It's nine straight weeks. There are incredible protocols you got to hit in the name of safety and health. And Wisconsin failed to hit those protocols. Wisconsin failed to stay safe. And the Big Ten failed not allowing a team to make up a contest against the defending West champ. If, if Wisconsin's playing football in a week against Purdue, I may back off of my, I'm going to have Wisconsin's back here about just bad luck and, man, they got screwed by COVID. If they're playing in a week, that's, that's awful. I don't think Wisconsin uh, was wild about a fourth-team quarterback, but Wisconsin's the type of program, to me, that would relish the opportunity to go try and ruin your season. They would say, bring it on. That's, that's what and how I think of them. I hope that doesn't change in a week's time. Let's go to the phones. John's been hanging on. John, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Yeah, some of us old fogies, uh, we took a vote, and we were unanimous. If our, you know, we're all in our 70s. If you can't shoot a, a suit up or show up, then you forfeit. And I'm sorry for Wisconsin. Or you reschedule. And I think it's just horrendously bad that they will not let this be rescheduled or let Nebraska line somebody up that wants to come in on Saturday. I just think it's unbelievable. And this could have happened to anybody. I, I, I mean, I'm just sorry for Wisconsin because they were looking to have maybe a, a play in the playoffs this year. This hurts them. This I hurts them. And with all the positive, said, hey, John, with all the positive yeah. tests, you've got guys that are going to be sitting down 21 days. No, they they're out of it. They're, I'm saying I feel sorry for them. They could have been in the playoffs possibly, but uh, n- not now. Not but, now. Thanks for the call. But who would Nebraska play on Saturday if you could line somebody up? South Dakota State. South Dakota That's State supposed South Dakota State supposed to have a scrimmage Saturday. South Dakota State's a team that was on Nebraska's schedule. <laughs> and uh, they're not that far away. I don't know that that can get pulled off in this short amount of time. I think Nebraska would be willing to try it. I think South Dakota State would be willing to try it. This is a Big Ten roadblock, much like their inability to factor in make-up dates. It's what they, it's what they the want. Attorneys that were gonna, they, they better get those attorneys that were going to go up there and do something, put some pressure on the commissioner. You know what? John, thanks for the phone call. There's been enough pressure squeezed on Warren. The guy's incompetent at his job, period. And he's listening to people that are his boss that really begrudgingly wanted to play football in 2020 anyway. So good luck touching that 10-foot rim. <laughs> That's just it. Yeah, you just, you just, You're just screwed for this weekend. I'd like to think we could get a schedule in Lincoln that has South Dakota State on it Saturday. I have no doubt Nebraska's athletic director, Bill Moose, could pull something like that off. I don't think the league's going to cooperate with it. Now, do they surprise everybody and allow Nebraska to go 
pursue that? Because guess what? If we're talking return to play and playoff money in the Big Ten and Ohio State, Ohio State will probably lose a game this year to COVID. Wisconsin has. Penn State lost to Indiana. Indiana's not going undefeated. Do you, do you allow some breathing room for your, your air quote, champion to have some wiggle room to make up a game for their playoff case? Let Nebraska lead the way once again and let them schedule something. I know you have friends down on campus, Elijah. My gut is that the Big Ten will roadblock this. Do you, do you see any wiggle room? I'm not sure if the Big Ten will roadblock it. I just don't think there's enough time to get this this schedule and get it hammered out for Saturday. I know you have probably hotel arrangements that w- another team could use that Wisconsin would have been using. You yeah, rooms, have- rooms are blocked out for a team. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, they're they're ready for a home game. I just don't think it's a lot of hoops to jump through. If this could have been done Saturday, Sunday. If we'd have known Sunday that Wisconsin couldn't play, give us a whole week. Maybe I think the odds are a little bit better. But right now, it's just we're so close to, yeah, to no game day. Cl- Sunday night at six o'clock. It was breaking that Mertz had tested positive. Mm-hmm. So you have six days of testing. Six to seven thirty is the window in the morning that everyone's rapid testing at Wisconsin, and you're all cleared. And then you run out to the practice field after you get li- you get done lifting six million pounds of weight. And and there there was there was a gap or there was a a false negative, if that makes sense, where somebody and Paul Chris says they have, they have no idea where ground zero's at. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone to point fingers at here. No, I mean it, it it's 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 gonna happen, but I think the, the finger pointing is from a from a testing standpoint it, this this slipped through and it's gonna gonna slip through. You just need to be able to to make it right, and that's play football. I'm getting sort of all sorts of feedback. Email Chris at alevarsity.com. Mark chimes in, says you speak lies about Wisconsin. Because, <laughs> I mean, the Nebraska fan that's ticked off right now is going, dude, they, had, they wanted no part of Saturday with a fourth-team quarterback. Andy emails in, F that. Wisconsin's afraid how Nebraska finally turned the quarter and the fact that Nebraska was going to pound them for four quarters. They instead pulled the Rona card. What do you think? You think Wisconsin's up to something fishy, or do you think this is COVID 2020 and this is the breaks within the Big Ten and Nebraska's out of luck to try and exercise a little bit of getting rid of those demons with the team uh, in Wisconsin wearing red and white? I, I don't think it's anything Wisconsin trying to get out of this game. It's, it's an athletic department and a football team who is keeping the best interests of their kids in mind I mean, these guys aren't professional athletes they're not getting paid to do this it's so it, it's it's about <laughs> it's a great point <laughs> Let's, but but it's it's about keeping those guys safe you made a promise to their families made a promise to their parents that you're going to keep them safe and it's not safe to nebraska if you're having a, a covid outbreak at your school and you're going to go travel down to nebraska and go play them in a football game it's not safe to your guys to have to put them out in a football field when they could be covid positive we think they may have been, they may have been a a few people that were COVID positive in that game last week against Illinois. Uh, it's just, it's safety. It's precautions. It's just, you'd rather be safe than sorry in this, uh, in this moment. Let's hear from Barry Alvarez. Talked to Barry yesterday. And man, things were, were great about 27 hours ago. Then they weren't. 
Uh, Barry Alvarez, his Zoom meeting, and Barry Alvarez laying out just exactly why and uh, how things came to the decision they did. Uh, here is the Wisconsin athletic director. Let's take a look at the timeline. Our first month of testing in practice, we had one positive. We had one positive test. I believe it was Wednesday prior to the game. Since the game, we've had 12 positive tests. We just felt with the number of positives in that short a timeline, uh, we, the chancellor and I felt we have an issue um, that we had to make this decision and get our arms around this and control the COVID uh, and the virus now before it got out of hand. More from you. We'll hear from Mike Babcock. Hail Varsity continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We welcome in historian, author, Hall of Famer, Mike Babcock. More from Barry Alvarez in his Zoom meeting coming up shortly. So, do you feel okay about Nebraska finding some way to play ball against somebody else on Saturday? Or gear up, get ready, stay away from uh, positive COVID people and gear up for Northwestern. JP emails in Chris at AleVarsity.com. Uh, when it comes to that that theory that exists out there by some in the fan base that Wisconsin's just trying to duck out of this because of where they're at with their quarterback situation, uh, it would suck playing a wildcat or a guy who's never made a start before, but I don't think that's how Wisconsin football rolls. Uh, the reality is this, Graham Mertz has tested positive. So Graham Mertz is done for 21 days. That's not negotiable. That's not flexible. He isn't going to be taking snaps. So even if if Wisconsin plays ball uh, in a week after a seven-day shutdown, it's about a two- to three-day ramp-up for Purdue. And Barry Alvarez didn't know if they would play Purdue or not, honestly, uh, at least in his comments today. Uh, you're going to be going with somebody other than, than uh, the Kansas City stud. Uh, behind center if Wisconsin gets back to action. We say hi to Mike Babcock. Babbers, your reaction to the news today? And uh, are you uh, pessimistic or optimistic about anything uh, being pulled out, rabbit out of the hat-wise for Nebraska Saturday against somebody else? Well, it it seems like, and I think Elijah mentioned this, and maybe you did too, but the time frame, getting something put together, that quickly doesn't seem like a reasonable uh, thing to do, even if you've got somebody that would be willing to do it. The the one thing that I would say is, and the, probably the driving force that this would happen if if uh, television stepped in and said we we still we got that open spot there, we won a game, it's going to happen, and TV could make it happen. That would be the one thing that. Um, I, I don't think the schools necessarily would get it done, but a television network could get it done. Now that game was supposed, the Wisconsin game was supposed to be on what Fox Sports One, FS One, FS One. So if FS, if Fox Sports said we're going to have a game and Nebraska is going to be in it, um, it might get done. But I, I just think that the time frame, it, that there's just not enough time. 
to get something like that going. I, I I don't I don't know how how wise it would be to to do that. Um, you know, you've been preparing for Wisconsin. You've been and obviously you'd like to play, but uh, to me the time frame uh, just doesn't doesn't work. And uh, since I've been wrong so many times, uh, maybe I'm going to be wrong on this, but. Uh, it, it seems like it, it wouldn't work. But again, if TV stepped in and said we're going to have a game and Nebraska is going to be in it, uh, I bet the people would get something done. You know, Mike, what, in your opinion, does Nebraska lose momentum-wise, opportunity-wise, by not playing Saturday? That'll jump from week one to week two. Northwestern looms. We hope, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's what I was so interested in seeing Saturday against a really high-level opponent, uh, whoever their quarterback is. The lines of scrimmage for Wisconsin are no joke. So that that's a, a slap in the face for Nebraska. Honestly, not getting to getting to, to get back on the old horse again. Right, and you wanted to see how Nebraska would respond after what happened against Ohio State, and you know it it was a. It was a well. Here's another. Here's another tough team coming in here. Um, obviously, it would have come in here without without the quarterback. But um, yeah, I, I think that it it really hurts from that standpoint for Nebraska. And then, like you said, who knows what's going to happen? Are they going to be able to play Northwestern? It's unfortunate, and it. You know, the obvious thing is it's unfortunate that the Big Ten didn't start sooner yeah. and build in some bye weeks. I mean, that just we've already we'd already seen that from other conferences, how important that was. And the Big Ten just didn't seem to think that that was important enough to do it. And uh, and now so now here you got this. And, you know, it's going to it's going to impact it. I'm convinced it's probably going to impact Ohio State as well mm-hmm. at some point because this stuff is just, you know, the concern. And I think Wisconsin is legitimately uh, – the concern has to be the student-athlete. There's no question about that. And that's why, again, you should have built in probably some bye weeks so that uh, when these things came up, um, you could address them. And I, and I don't know if sitting the guy out for 21 days is the, is the answer. Um, that's, that hadn't seemed to be the answer in, in any other context. So um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I think that a lot of people probably looked at it and said, this is what's going to happen. And sure enough, here it did. Mike, do you, do you should there be some sort of, of conference uniform testing? And, and I know there is. There's daily rapid testing six days a week you're also administered the pcr test and that's what came up positive for chris it wasn't the the rapid test chris didn't test positive yesterday morning uh apparently mertz did not test positive before the illinois game yet the theory is or thought is is he had it and maybe was one of some of the other five team members to to get it and spread it, right? Because he played really well and didn't look like he was sick. But is it a better idea to to do these rapid tests at night versus the morning so you have the result in the morning? Because what I'm thinking here, and, and Barry kind of laid out the timeline last segment, 
and he did so with us yesterday, 6 to 7.30 in the morning is when they come in, they practice in the morning, and you get your all clear with a morning test so you can get out on the practice field. Is it better to test at night, have a result for the next morning, and or even administer? And Maybe they do. That's just it. I need some clarity here on number of tests, testing protocol, and you go from 1 to to to, to 12 in in a week's time. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that I don't understand any of the I don't understand the process, the testing part of it. I you know, I don't know what what the strength of a test is. I don't know, you know, when they how it, you know, one kind of test is different from another. I don't really understand any of that. And and you know, I I it seemed to me like the sequence is, you know, it's dramatic. It's like, well, there's no positive test, and then there is a positive test, and all of a sudden you've got 12 uh, people, six players and six uh, uh, Staff, administrators yeah. or, you know, coaches or whatever, personnel, um, test the positive to the point where the decision has to be made. And I think it's the right decision. I mean, I think you have to you have to – Make decisions based on the safety of everybody. That's that's critical, I think. Um, but uh, you know, how does it turn so quickly from what looked like a pretty good situation to a to a situation where you have to suspend uh, activity? And you know, Illinois claims that there's no there's no problem. So yeah, I mean, no one no one uh, passed along the the Rona on Friday night. Yeah, uh, yeah. so far. If, if there was a you know. Certainly, there uh, would have been contact with uh, with, with Mertz on, on the part of Illinois defenders uh, consistently. So, I, you know, I, I again, I just don't understand it, um, but but I understand the importance of the safety of the student athlete. That's the that that has to be first and foremost. Now, I, you know, again, twenty one days. I don't know if that. Is that justified? It uh, doesn't seem to be that way in other situations. Um, and, uh, you know, gosh, I, you know, what if, uh, so if Wisconsin can't play Purdue, then, then what? I mean, Wisconsin is the, was the, probably the favorite in the, in the West Division, right? You got to have minimum six games, Mike, to, to be a division champ. Well, there, there you go. That's, that's going to be a difficult, that's going to be difficult um, because, again, this isn't going to be the only time that a game gets. No, nope. and your and your makeups aren't aren't available. Right, and that's uh, that was a mistake from the beginning. A lot of mistakes by this league. Yeah, Mike. I'm not sure if that Illinois D-line knew something that we didn't know, but they did a pretty good job social distancing from Graham Mertz last Friday night. He had all day to throw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what they were doing. Okay, they, they knew it all know. along. <laughs> yeah, they were smarter than I thought. But, but Mike, we had John call in last segment, and he, he was in the uh, of the opinion that Wisconsin should be forced to forfeit this game. This should be a win for Nebraska and a loss for Wisconsin. What, what's your take on that argument? Uh, you know... I, I say no because the, because again the way the conference set things up I don't think that that Wisconsin should be penalized for doing what it was supposed to do which is you know look after the the health and safety of the student athlete um, I, I think that's on the conference and I don't I don't think you can put that on Wisconsin I mean that, 
this could happen to, to any program. I, you know, the way things go, and, you know, like you guys have said, you know, the, the, the uncertainty is the nature of everything that's happening right now. You just don't know what, what to expect. So, no, I, I think that would be... I think that would be inappropriate to uh, to charge a team with uh, with a loss simply because the conference never put in a p- provision whereby you had some bye weeks where you could make up games. Babbers got about forty seconds. Uh, two good takeaways from Ohio State for you. Well, uh, you know, I think the way Nebraska started, you know, I, th- I thought that was a, that was good, and you know, Luke McCaffrey. Uh, I thought that he he showed the, the tremendous uh, talent. You know what we thought he could do, um, and and so the the willingness to integrate him into the offense, I think was him, was a positive. And then some of the young guys that that got an opportunity. You know, Ty Robinson uh, got to start on defense. Uh, I just I just think there's reason for optimism. It's too bad that you couldn't maintain some momentum uh, off that first week. And it's funny to say that with a that kind of a loss, but but I think that there was. I think you'd see improvement first first week to second. As Tom Osborne always said, you made your biggest improvement from first week to second. Mike Babcock with us, uh, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, author, historian, and Hall of Famer. Follow Babbers on Twitter at MDBabs. Mike, we'll, uh, we'll get ready for Northwestern next week, bud. Thanks for jumping on today. Hey, great talking to you. Be safe. You too, bud. There he is. Good stuff from Mike Babcock. More from Barry Alvarez, your reaction to the cancellation. Do you think Nebraska should, not will, but should they be able to to schedule something Saturday? Shuey's on the way with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. So a couple thoughts from Barry Alvarez in 10 minutes. He has spoken up about the 21-day sit period once an athlete tests positive for COVID. Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated has floated this out from cardiologists. Cardiologists are finding so few heart issues in athletes. They are no longer recommending screenings for most COVID positives. So this extra week tacked on after the 14-day quarantine, if you're starting quarterback test positive, means that this emerging data may impact protocols like the Big Ten 21-day policy. Barry Alvarez quoted in Dellinger's audio, uh, article that it's time to take a serious look. <laughs> God, Barry. Which, if I'm in his position, I'm saying the same damn thing to get Mertz ready to go. But the Big Ten should stick to something they're, they're used to doing, and that's not budging unless they guns to their head. And if they're going to say a 21-day policy, sorry, Wisco, your you're QB isn't good for 21 days. You need to stand firm with that because, in remember, it's in the name of health and safety as they stomped their way back to play with no bye weeks. Well, how you feeling here uh, as a Nebraska fan with the game canceled, ticked off? You're robbed, frustrated, angry, or you're like, eh, I planned it for 2020. Mike Schuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. I'm going to be losing golf balls Saturday if there's no makeup game, as in South Dakota State comes to town. We can hold out hope for that. Shuey, did you uh, 
you take your your iron and go find a sand trap and let your frustrations out? How are you? I'm doing good. No, I was not. I was disappointed. Obviously, I'm more disappointed for the kids. Man, they just they work their tails off to kind of be able to play football, and then it's taken away from them. You know, it's disappointing for us because we don't get to watch them play. But way more disappointing for them. I mean, I feel so bad for them. It's just, it's terrible. You're a big Nebraska football guy, Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey, uh, what did you think from, from Ohio State? What were you looking forward to to Saturday? Um, uh, I don't know. I was encouraged, especially like the first quarter, first quarter and a half. That was kind of encouraging. You know, they actually looked like they, they moved the ball. they very clean, a little more disciplined and organized. And then it all broke apart and kind of went back to what it's been. That was the disappointing part. But at least they showed flashes of what they can do. And they did it more than a few times in a game. They just, they're just so inconsistent, man. They have to get some consistency. And it's just like anything, man. They, they got to start winning games. You know, winning, winning solves a lot of things mentally solves a lot of things you know and they just can't get over the hump to to win a game you know they just always shoot themselves in the foot and find a way to lose a game didn't help their psyche much you've coached a lot of a lot of high level athletes Chewy, and you work with folks every day to to just enjoy golf through lessons and, and mentorship and man once that moment clicks and hits where you do get confidence and you turn the corner, that's when you can really get downhill in a good way. And you, you, you're frustrated for Nebraska because Saturday kind of could have been that moment against a Wisconsin team, and, and you're not going to apologize ever for finding a way to, to beat a Wisconsin team. And who knows how it would have shook out Saturday. We, we'll never get that chance because it won't be made up. But, man, that's, that's like that step just we're all kind of waiting on, especially the head coach where the guys finish a game against a big-name ni- big team and, and kind of roll from there. Yeah, I mean, that, that's probably the biggest loss of this whole thing is that if you just listen to the press conferences and the guys and, and just everybody looking at them, you know, it's like, yeah, they lost by 30-some points. But at the same time, there was a lot of positives that a lot of people, even players, took out of that. So it's like you build upon that. You got a Wisconsin coming in, and it's like, can you know, if it's true, and that's really happening, whatever they've seen, can you take another step and actually beat them? Mm-hmm. That just starts to steamroll a team in building confidence, gaining confidence, you know, believing in what it is they're doing, and, and that it it works for them to win. I mean, it's like they just haven't been able to get over that hump to get there yet, you know. And they, I mean, they they're getting better. They still got a ways to go, but. At least in in my eyes, they're getting better. They still do a lot of bonehead things, but show me the two quarterback system. Did you think it worked as well as it did? Uh, yeah. You know, Luke is he's a he's a Swiss Army knife man. That dude can do about anything you want him to do. He's smart, you know, and he excels at it. So I I thought it was really nice. He's he's probably better off not being a quarterback and doing all the other things, you know with the ability to play quarterback. I don't, I don't think he's a true quarterback. I mean, he is, no question about it, but not with Martinez in there. Uh, you utilize him like you do and not put him in there as just a quarterback. 
We'll be out at Wilderness the uh, Friday before Northwestern, the 6th of November. And Shuey's going to order up uh, 60 degrees and sunny again, just like he did last time. Oh, yeah. Shuey, what's uh, happening around Wilderness Ridge? I know folks are going to be swinging the clubs on Saturday. Just a beautiful day in store with some uh, upper 50s, yeah. lower 60 temps. And what's uh, what's your schedule looking like, man? How are them divot dogs doing? The youth program, give us a rundown. We got a lot of good stuff. The forecast looks really good. Looks like we're going to open the course up tomorrow. And the forecast looks great for some golf, and especially now Saturday. No game, man. 60 degrees, come out and play some golf. And then we actually have our national election going on. It's exactly tomorrow. So, and we have our very own Dave Schneider, who is uh, a member of our section that's actually in the running for our national secretary. So we'll find out tomorrow if he actually uh, is elected as our secretary, which would be a very, that'd be the first time ever, you know, that we would have a a national officer that will eventually be our president. So... That's an exciting day tomorrow. So I'll be up in Omaha all day tomorrow um, trying to get him over the hump to, to get elected <laughs> as our secretary. So, Shui, the big news from yesterday for people who like college football and golf is that college game day will be at the Masters on uh, the Saturday of uh, the Masters. I believe that's November 11th, I believe yeah. is the day I have there. Uh, you excited for that? What's, what's your take? And do you have any early predictions for, uh, for a guest picker for that college game day? That is going to be incredible. I mean, that's a first time ever so it's going to be an incredible scene um that's a good one who is going to be the guest picker there you know who uh, phil mickelson he thinks he's a jimmy the greek so why can't you <laughs> why wouldn't you have phil on there he likes doing that stuff so that's a guy i can see phil's helped build some casinos you're telling me yeah, he's built a few in his life that's at least pre- helped build them <laughs> that's pretty good well phil makes sense and uh Phil show up in the old green jacket and or something uh, really masters related, and oh, yeah. he'd, he'd sit down and and make his picks. He's gonna make him. He's gonna be making them that morning anyway. Shoe. He might as well do it on exactly TV. Right. Yeah, just put him on TV, man. That's what he's doing anyway. <laughs> That's pretty good. Mike Shoe Art Wilderness Ridge. Go see Shoey. Course gonna be open. Swing the clubs. Get out. Enjoy some sunshine in the fall. Beautiful Wilderness Ridge. We're out there. Again, the uh, 6th of November ahead in Northwestern Roadshow with Hale Varsity. Shuey, thanks for jumping on, talking some football and golf, brother. Appreciate you. You bet. Thank you. Stay safe. You too, man. There he is, Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Brad Edwards, college football insider. He's coming up at five open phones in the 5 o'clock hour as well with you. Your reaction to Nebraska-Wisconsin's cancellation. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. So, uh, Jeff Potrykas heard back uh, a little less than an hour ago from the Big Ten office. So, hey, they're getting better with return emails. But it is a no contest, not a forfeit. That's a official policy by the, uh, the Big Ten. But you've got a large outcry nationally by uh, some of the college football who's who about you should try and schedule a game. Let teams be able to make up a game if they miss due to COVID. The Big Ten, very short-sighted in their thinking with return to play in the Nebraska-Wisconsin game, the first casualty of their short-sightedness. Not surprised. Again, begrudgingly, uh, they were 
the league caught between a rock and a hard place, and they were pretty much forced back into return to play, and they uh, they didn't make it easy. Reminder about uh, your friends at West Blue Realty. West Blue can help find that residential home in Lincoln or surrounding community if you're looking to move. And when you mention Hale Varsity, West Blue can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby. Give Tom a shout at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly's awesome as well. And uh, you can call Kelly with West Blue Realty, 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. Get a scheduling appointment, uh, 1120 K Street, Suite 200 in Lincoln, West Blue Realty. Let's hear some more Barry Alvarez. You heard uh, Barry lay out the timeline. Uh, This is more from from Coach and A.D. Alvarez uh, when it comes to uh, the situation that Wisconsin's in, more on how things kind of went to hell very shortly between yesterday morning and to Paul Christ's positive test. The, The decision fell into the category where the chancellor and I would make the decision had the prerogative to make a decision. And with 12 since the game, we felt uh, it was appropriate to make the decision not to play. So their prerogative, the dial level is orange to red. It is not red to red, but based on how Wisconsin's jumped from one to 12 positive cases, I wouldn't be surprised if that number gets to 15, 16, we'll, we'll see exactly, but there's no official number given beyond the 12. Last thought from Barry here when it comes to, to why they made the decision they made about canceling Saturday, backing out against Nebraska. We just felt like with the, those numbers that we had to get our arm around this, we didn't feel comfortable, uh, particularly with as few as we've had uh, prior to. Um, and so... We just felt it was necessary to, to uh, control it now. And uh, we have indiv- we'll have an individual hotel room for all of our players uh, as we quarantine them. So we, we just felt it was important uh, if, if we wanted to continue to play for the year uh, to make this move right now and, and, and control the, the virus uh, at this point. So you have our friends at Pick 6 Preview put out a Twitter poll. And the uh, approval rating for Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren. So far, 5,640 votes. Disapproval at 91%. I want COVID and blood alcohol level tests on the 9% that approve of his job. Brad Edwards, ESPN Insiders, next. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We will get to uh, some open phones here about 520 or so. And do you think the Big Ten can make a smart move, and that's allow teams that end up having a game canceled? Will the Big Ten say, okay, go find someone to play? 
I'm not holding my breath on it. We welcome in College Football Insider, part of game day with ESPN. And uh, Dodger fan galore, Brad Edwards with us. At J. Brad Edwards is uh, where you find him on Twitter. So you stayed up, you watched, and how did you celebrate your Dodgers uh, ending the drought of 32 years, Brad? It, it, was, uh, it was unusual. Um, when they recorded the first out in the ninth inning, I, I already knew that it wasn't going to feel that special. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure why. It just felt very anticlimactic when it ended. I, it's a combination of things. I think uh, one is that it was the Rays, and even though they had the second best record to the Dodgers during the season, it's just you know it's not beating the Yankees mm-hmm. or the Red Sox. It's not uh, it's not even getting revenge on the Astros for three years ago. It's just it's the Rays. You know how do you get fired up? Um, that there there were there was only one game that was a nail biter in that series, and it was the one the Dodgers lost in mm-hmm. Game Four. So there wasn't a lot of drama, especially compared to the LCS with the Braves. So they had to come back, and that was a much tougher series. Um, I think there was something about the neutral site and the lack of fans that it just, it just nothing about it felt right. But uh, I was very happy for Clayton Kershaw, and I'm just glad that I no longer have to say the Dodgers haven't won at all since I was in high school. Well, I remember being a huge Oakland and Conseco guy, and watching him turn and watch Gibby's bomb in game one yeah. off of Eck. And uh, there may have been some some tears shed for me <laughs> at that time. But Dodgers were they've been knocking on the door a long time, and pretty cool that they got it done. Uh, Graham Snell's probably got a for sale sign in his Tampa front yard. Oh, he's uh, he's ticked off, man, and he has every right to be. Brad, that get, was a head-scratcher. Oh, yeah, and by, brutal. And by the way, you know, I know, Chris, nobody nobody feels good for the Dodgers if you're not a Dodgers fan because they spent a lot of money over many years in order to build that team and, you know, get to this point. And uh, I'm glad they have a, a big bank account because I don't think they would have won it without Mookie Betts. Oh, completely. Um, I mean, he, he made so – and it's not – you know, in this age of home run hitting and all that, that matters, and I know he hit one last night, but it was it was his defense and his base running which was what was so huge in the World Series and even for most of the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, sometimes sometimes getting the best players will uh, win your championship. Well, there is zero joy in, in Husker land with the Nebraska-Wisconsin game being canceled. We uh, talked with Barry Alvarez yesterday around 9.30 to, to do a, a, a pre-recorded segment uh, with his schedule and Things were good. Paul Christ was negative. Uh, they were the Badgers were practicing, and then you fast forward to four o'clock central yesterday with, uh oh, this thing's in danger. Brad, what's your reaction to to the Big Ten's not only policy right now of of twenty one days for an athlete to sit if you test positive twice, but also the fact that the Big Ten. It just feels like even when they returned to play in August, uh, they did it so begrudgingly with these bars to reach, this rim to touch of yeah. 21 days and, oh, by the way, no bye week makeup. Could this could this cost Ohio State or somebody else uh, when it comes to playoff time? Well, it could. Um, I, I, I'm of the opinion that if there is an undefeated Big Ten champion, as long as they play at least as many games as the Pac-12 champion – uh, they'll be fine as far as getting into the playoff. I, I just I know the selection committee doesn't want to take a second team f- 
from a conference, you know, unless unless they don't have much of a choice, unless it's just so obvious that that team is one of the four best. And so, uh, you know, I, I think as long as uh, Ohio State or whomever uh, keeps winning and keeps that zero in the loss column, it's going to take a major, you know, train wreck as far as the the number of canceled games in order to uh, uh, to, to knock them off the track, uh, pun intended. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that's the uh, you know that's kind of where we are with this, which is that this is obviously bad if you're a Nebraska fan, especially. I mean, Wisconsin fans can't mind this too much because they're looking at playing their fourth string quarterback. Um, but um, I just I just got to feel like they're going to be more of these if they don't uh, backtrack and and change their their policy and relax the standards. That you you and I talked about this you know a month ago. Is that is that the where you know, as you mentioned, where the Big Ten placed that bar for what it takes to get on the field and play a game, it's um, it's well above that of of other teams, and there have been uh, many teams in other conferences that have been taking the field over the last several weeks and and even winning games with depleted rosters that would not have been allowed to play if they had been in the Big Ten, and so. Um, you know, I, I understand it's all about player safety, and they've done it for the right reasons. And uh, I, I guess the, the the question they have to ask now is: Are the concerns about the the safety and health of the players relative to this virus the same as they were when these decisions were first made, or is there less concern now about this particular age group and some of the side effects and all of those things? And I don't know the answer to that question. Um, so, uh, so I can't say that they're wrong for doing what they're doing, but I, I, I do think that there's going to be some reevaluation and some of those questions are going to be asked. Part of that uh, reevaluation, you have a writer that, that chatted with Coach Alvarez a little earlier today from, uh, from Sports Illustrated, and, and Barry's already lobbying based on the the medical experts out there that there there's less concern for myocarditis now from a number of health experts that they're not even necessarily testing for it with uh with folks that have had positive covid tests so Barry's lobbying to to get that 21 day number knocked down because Graham Mertz isn't playing ball for a long time because of two positive tests and if the data supports a revisitation that's that's good for the ability to, to, to try and manage COVID and, and play games, but that would seem pretty convenient to get him back. Oh yeah, after missing Saturday against Nebraska. Yeah, and and I think the other part of this is you know what is the response going to be if the Big Ten lowers its standard as far as uh, you know five percent of the roster and and all all the, the stuff that, that goes along with that. Uh, that would cause teams to not be able to play. Um, I, I mean, look, at the end of the day, they put a lot of faith in these daily antigen mm-hmm. tests, and and I'm assuming that those failed Wisconsin. Um, it I, feels I like just, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand how the numbers could get to where they are unless there's some sort of flaw in that plan. So um, th- I think that's that's what has to have more people concerned because look around the country and in a number of states and. Big Ten territory, the general population, you know, numbers are going up with COVID right now. And so um, it it seems like it's inevitable that everywhere there are going to be positive tests come up. And if, if you're not able to, 
you know, to isolate them quickly, then, um, you know, I'm not sure what chance you have of playing these games by the Big Ten standards. Brad Edwards is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brad, there's just a lot of anger in Husker Nation today. And I don't think the Husker fans themselves even know where to direct that anger. Where do you think that that the fault lies? That's not the best way to put that. But where, where do you think Husker fans should direct their anger? Is it at Kevin Warren in the Big Ten for creating this schedule with no flexibility to reschedule? Is it at Wisconsin and Barry Alvarez for, for backing out? I mean, I, I just... I, I, I want to Someone to blame, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I get it. Um, and look, I, I don't know for sure if, you know, did was Wisconsin just able to back out on their own? They or made the did call. They fail to meet the threshold. No, they made the call. They their their air quote risk dial is it orange to red where yeah. they, they had one positive test last week. They've had six players and six staff members this week. The rolling average, depending on your seven and a half percent or five percent, there's two different thresholds to look at. But you'd need to average not average, but your total would be about 45 positive tests with that seven-day rolling average to, to, yeah. go, to go red, red. So from a precautionary standpoint, Wisconsin just said we're going to shut down and do the seven-day, uh, just back off of activities and facility work and all that stuff. So they, they did, this, isn't a, a, a con, this is not a conference mandate. This is Barry Alvarez and the chancellor making the call. Yeah, and, you know, obviously when – there's, when it's public knowledge that you're down to your fourth-string quarterback and then you decide you don't have enough players to play, obviously uh, it, it, it feels like it, it's a very convenient excuse uh, mm-hmm. for Wisconsin. And it might, not, it might not be that. I mean, it might be very legitimate as far as, as, far as the uh, overall concern over the roster at this point. Uh, but that's the first thought that pops up and and i would say blame the big 10 for allowing that to be an option but i think that's generally the case with most of the conferences where where various teams you know have the ability to call it off if their own numbers are you know are not suitable and it's not a forfeit it's just a no contest and so that's that's kind of where we are here i think the the larger blame if you want to you know point a finger somewhere is, uh, is is kind of the obvious, which it was the decision to wait this long to start the season and eliminate any opportunity to have uh, an open date on which you could push these postponed games. Uh, so I, you know, you look at uh, the number of times this has happened in the other leagues, and you know, a lot of them had December 12th that was left open on purpose, and they pushed games to then. And uh, you know, some of the others have had to get creative about where they would uh, move. Uh, other games when they've had a second one that was postponed, but so far they've managed to do it. And, and to the best of my knowledge, this is only the second conference game that's been canceled, not postponed, but canceled. Um, I think that the Colorado state, New Mexico game last week in the mountain West is, is, is the only other one, at least that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. So um, this is just the start of it. I hope there aren't too many more uh, because ultimately, you know, if the wrong game gets canceled, it could cause, Wow, quite a. I mean, you think about some of the issues that could come up with divisional tiebreakers and things like that. If you know teams end up tied and they didn't play each other head to head because a game was canceled, uh, so there are a lot of uh, a lot of bigger problems it could cause. But even this is just you know when you're already reducing the number of games to begin with, and and then you lose one on top of that, you just feel bad for the kids because they put in a lot of work 
to be able to, to just go out there and, and play a few times this fall. Brad Edwards with us, uh, college football insider ESPN at J Brad Edwards on Twitter. Brad, uh, I want to go back to, to Saturday and uh, a couple of thoughts from you on, on Nebraska, Ohio State. The score looked bad. Nebraska played better in in certain spots. What were a couple of your takeaways? Did did anything impress you in what looked ugly with the final score? Did did you take anything away from Nebraska moving forward? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd kind of have to ask the inverse of this, which is how did I view it on Ohio State side? Sure. And I, I didn't come away uh, incredibly impressed with Ohio State outside of Justin Fields and his receivers. Right. And obviously that, that group alone inflicted so much damage on Nebraska that the game wasn't even close. But, you know, if you're looking at Ohio State and you're asking the question, okay, are they the best team in the country? And I, I get that it's one game. And it's not fair to judge them against, you know, Alabama who's played five and Clemson who's played six. Um, but if you're just asking that question, um, I'm saying they didn't look good enough on either line of scrimmage. Um, they, um, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't think that their running backs were particularly dynamic, especially when you compare them to what JK Dobbins has given them the past few seasons. And, um, you know, and then it's kind of hard to judge any the secondary based on on what Nebraska was was putting up against them, but still. Um, so so I guess if I were to look within that and and try to extrapolate anything to Nebraska, I, I maybe you could say in the trenches. Uh, if Ohio State didn't look great, uh, part of that uh, was probably due to Nebraska looking better than anticipated. Uh, I'm not not sure if that was a takeaway of yours, but yes, um, it was. Both, both they trenches. Got, they got it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they definitely got some good pressure on fields. Um, and so uh, that, I guess that would be one thing that I would look at. And then, and then obviously the, the quarterbacks just have to take care of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those fumbles were killers. I mean, they, they, they should have had, uh, you know, maybe twice as many points as they did if they would just, you know, would have just um, done the little things. But, um, but, you know, that's part of the game, and that's, uh, that's, that's the difference between – being a good team and being a team that's just uh, fighting to have a winning record. Brad, about 30 seconds, uh, crazy finish in Bloomington. Uh, Ohio State, Penn State looms this weekend. You got to lean it all, a thought on, on that Saturday night matchup? My thought is that the only chance Penn State has of hanging in this game, and I realize they've done a great job of hanging in with this team for the last four years, is if they can get a pass rush. And and that was really the, the probably the biggest bright spot for them against Indiana was their pass rush. They're going to have to not only get to Justin Fields, but bring him to the ground and not allow him to scramble. And if they can do that, they can keep the score down enough that maybe they have a chance, but I think that's where it starts. Brad Edwards with ESPN, College Game Day, ESPN Radio, at J. Brad Edwards. Brad, thanks for jumping on. Good to talk some ball, and hopefully we'll be talking about Northwestern next week. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. All right, take care, guys. <laughs> See you. Brad Edwards with us. Smiling Dodger fan. But that, that's twisting the knife a little bit, and I love him for being honest. Eh, it was just the raise. Open phones for you. 466-377-6800-825-5865. Get in line. Chime in. 402-466-ESPN. Or email the show. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. 
Plenty of email to get to. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, a chance to do something positive and proactive by the Big Ten. And that's uh, grant a yes, a green light to Nebraska to try and slam together a game Saturday since Wisconsin is out. They are tapping out because of COVID, 12 positive cases. And uh, Barry Alvarez, will you'll hear his comments from earlier today on the timeline with uh, how things just kind of blew up uh, from yesterday morning to now. And uh, we'll go to the phones, too. Got a line open at 800-825-5865-466-3776. Does the Big Ten do the right thing here and sign off on a yes? Does it grant Nebraska a yes? That's assuming Nebraska wants to try and schedule a game Saturday. I'm going to assume, even though Mom tells me not to, that Nebraska would want to play somebody on Saturday. Could you get South Dakota State down here? They're supposed to be scrimmaging anyway. They're on your schedule anyway. Could you make that happen? Jim, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Chris, just uh, probably uh, uh, as much question as anything, but when the Big 12 uh, put together the regulations, is there a criteria for what's considered a forfeit, or is it just left up to the team? And don't get me wrong, I I would hate to to see that a team would be forced to play and put the the kids in danger Mm -hmm. based on... You know, whatever, but uh, just curious, did they say if it's X, it's considered a forfeit, or if it's uh, done internally, is it something different? I'll just uh, hang up and listen. Appreciate Thanks. It, yep, appreciate you. So the the forfeit is not part of this. It's not part of the conversation. It comes down to COVID and testing and positivity and protocol, and if a team has X number of kids that, that have a high positivity rate. Wisconsin does. It's not red, but it's orange. And they are going to err on the side of caution with health and safety. It's It goes into that cancellation category, that no contest category. They're not going to penalize teams because they don't want someone forcing the hand and making a bad situation with COVID worse. So... They're not going to punish Wisconsin for being proactive and stepping forward and saying, look, uh, this thing's spiking. It's out of control. We think it's in the conferences and Wisconsin's best interest to not play football. Scott Frost was uh, prophetic last week when he said, you know, some teams who want to play, they'll find ways to play. Other teams who don't want to play, uh, we'll find ways not to play. Uh, that's the paraphrase. We started off the show with Scott's comments. Uh, Scott is in tune. Coach Frost is with who some of the folks are in the league that want to duck. And he's in tune with some of the teams that want to kind of man up and go forward. I choose to believe at this point in time that with with Barry Alvarez and Coach Christ and knowing the influence uh, Nebraska had and the type of dude Barry is, and as close as Coach McBride and Coach Chris are, those guys want to play. Push comes to shove, they are guys that would rather play than not. Here is Barry Alvarez on the timeline. We'll get to some emails and can dial us up at 466-3776. Would you bet on the Big Ten signing off 
for Nebraska to find someone to play Saturday. Not with your money, not with my money, not with Elijah's money. They aren't going to let this happen. And it's going to be a detriment because it might end up screwing Ohio State with their resume, with strength of schedule. This is the first of God knows how many games that are going to get canceled, not forfeited, canceled. And you got got just a, I about swore on the radio, a goofball commissioner with people around him that didn't want this to happen anyway. And they made a 10-foot rim, 15 feet. Go try and touch the net, Elijah. Uh, here's Barry Alvarez. Let's take a look at the timeline. Our first month of testing in practice, we had one positive. We had one positive test. I believe it was Wednesday prior to the game. Since the game, we've had 12 positive tests. We just felt with the number of positives in that short of timeline, uh, we, the chancellor and I felt we have an issue um, that we had to make this decision and get our arms around this and control the COVID uh, and, and the virus now before it got out of hand. That's the, uh, the line. Try and control the virus. Get it in hand. And by the way, you're down to your fourth team quarterback, so that that doesn't hurt Wisconsin either Saturday since they're not playing. Rob emails in chris at hailvarsity.com. With daily testing, it really doesn't make a lot of sense how Rona can spread like wildfire in a locker room. Something doesn't seem right here. Bottom line is the Big Ten screwed themselves with this non-flexible schedule. The last two teams the Big Ten wanted to have canceled games would be Wisconsin or Ohio State, your two playoff hopefuls. Very good email. Uh, But when it comes to spreading through a locker room, it, it comes down to when you're testing, who are you testing, and what type of test is most effective. The PCR test is what showed up positive for Coach Christ. The PCR test was the second test that Mertz took to nail him for 21 games. 21 days. Well, either way. <laughs> you got a baseball <laughs> schedule. Thank you. 21 days, not games. But that was probably floated by the Big Ten at some point. <laughs> You're going to be missing. You know, it's like uh, targeting. It's, it's a freak show carryover. I mean, Nebraska gets no clemency at all with uh, Deontay or, or Cam Taylor Britt. They got to still wait and sit the first half of the Northwestern game, which is a joke. Here's the thing, though. Uh, your rapid testing, how many guys are you testing? It's expensive. I get it. But how many guys are you testing? You're testing six days a week. When are you doing it? So if Wisconsin's testing 6 to 7.30 in the morning, the result comes back when? Well, Paul Chris didn't learn till this morning that he was positive. Yesterday morning when he took the PCR test, which takes longer to run, 24 hours later, you get your result. It's more accurate. How accurate are these rapid tests? Because that's what the Big Ten was beating their chest about. And the rapid test tells you if you're, if you're symptomatic and if you're a carrier, right? It, let, it lets you know whether you feel like it or not. So did, did, did Graham dirty bomb the locker room? Played Friday. Illinois doesn't have any positive cases. Um, is ground zero your quarterback? 
were guys at a wedding a weekend before. I mean, all of those things. So South Dakota State's the, the name and the team we hear. Uh, maybe that gets pulled off. Middle Tennessee State. Maybe you make a phone call to Middle Tennessee State. See if they're down. Uh, I know that uh, Tennessee and South Carolina are off this weekend. I know Marshall is off. You got your wheeler and dealer, the moose. Uh, I hope he's been banging the phones. I hope he's been able to bang the phones and line up somebody for Saturday. And I hope the Big Ten says, Bill, you go right ahead. You'll get a team in here in Lincoln, short turnaround time. And I've heard a, a lot of thoughts from folks who I just love that they're mom and pop shops, their restaurants, their folks in the community, their hotels, their people that work their tail off, depend on football season, love the university, love the football program, support this this team. They are the, uh, the, the backbone of the state and specifically locally in the community of Lincoln and around uh, central and northeast Nebraska, western Nebraska. A lot of folks feed a lot of mouths because of Nebraska football. And when there's no game, even though there's no fans in the stands, it is absolutely vice grip to your junk. And you've taken it too many times in 2020. You had a little bit glimmer of hope. You had some positive vibes from last weekend with having football back. But now to have the, this rug pulled out from under you, really it's just another punch to the face. It just I can't describe it any more than I am sorry for you. I'm sorry with you that Saturday didn't happen. And as we speak, the Big Ten needs to step forward and let it happen Saturday if Nebraska can find someone to play football. Yeah, and how awesome would it be if Nebraska could find somebody? I, they can find somebody. They just need a yes. They need a yes from an idiotic group and an idiotic commissioner. <laughs> but, I mean, when you look at it, after, after the the result you had last week, we heard earlier that I mean, yeah, the, you make the biggest jump between week one and week two. And it's about momentum, isn't it? It's about momentum. Is if you can get a, a team in here that you, you've learned some lessons against Ohio State. Let's get say it's South Dakota State coming to town on Saturday. You get to take those lessons you learned from Saturday, go beat a team. I mean, the the talent of Nebraska should trump the talent of South Dakota State. South Dakota State wants to play football. We want to play football. Uh, if we can get South Dakota State on Saturday, that's just your team getting better. You're getting more experience. You're, you're getting momentum going into a week uh, where you're playing Northwestern, another beatable team. Uh, a team that, on paper, Nebraska is better than. And then that sets you up for Penn State. It's so much better than going into a, a week with... Uh, you get a bye week this week. You get a recover after playing one week. And then you play Northwestern next week. It just bleh. You want to you start getting downhill. Mm-hmm, exactly. And you want a chance to get a, a momentous win against a giant of a program in Wisconsin. You want to play physical football. You had a chance to do it. Listen, Wisconsin could have played. They are erring on the side of caution. I believe that. I don't believe they're ducking Nebraska, but it doesn't look real good. Shortly after your Zoom meeting as athletic director of Wisconsin to have a football interview with the Sports Illustrated guy and say, you know, they're not even really testing for myocarditis and many medical experts aren't testing for myocarditis anymore because they just don't think it's, it's as big a danger. There's different 
medical research now. So that that 21 day sit because you've tested positive twice, is that something you need to look at again? You got to lobby for your team and your best quarterback. I get it. But to, to, to step out when you're not red, red, and then go, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Graham can get under center by Purdue. Let's have, a, let's have a revisit. That can't happen. That's an awful look. I don't think Wisconsin's ducking, but as many, there's just been a, a gap in failure with this rapid test. Jock Doc's on the way with Hale Varsity. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot preteen Swedish boy. Back with you, Tale Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery at Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Dr. Brandon, what's up? How are you? Hey, I'm great, buddy. How you doing? Doing well. And uh, tough news for Cleveland Brown fans and Odell Beckham Jr. fans. You've got an ACL injury to Mr. Highlight Reel as uh, Beckham's season is, is officially over. The wideout suffering a torn ACL to his left knee had an MRI earlier this week. And uh, it's a huge loss for the Cleveland offense. But, Dr. Brandon, we've done a lot of ACLs, but it just I wanted to kind of go the route on this with position-specific. And, and I know we talk different athletes in different sports with ACLs, but just the uh, – the damage this is to a guy like uh, o- Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, playing the wideout spot that, I mean, he's not the biggest dude, but, man, he is so electrically quick. Uh, let's talk about his recovery and, and moving forward, how this can affect his play. Yeah, absolutely. It is interesting to kind of think about this just in terms of, you know, um, position specific, um, you know, even thinking about, you know, sports specific and some of the different nuances between ACL work and different sports and, and you know, different graph choices and all those kinds of things. It's actually a really interesting topic. Um, but, you know, just a review on the ACLs, uh, most most folks that uh, have heard about these are, you know, pretty aware of what they are. But, you know, anatomically, I'll kind of just describe that briefly. So essentially ACL, it's called the anterior cruciate ligament. Uh, but essentially what it is, it's, it's the main kind of supporting leg, uh, ligament in the middle of your knee that uh, basically provides support for the shin or the tibia from sliding forward or the femur, which is a thigh-bone slide forward on top of the tibia. So it acts as a stabilizer in that direction. So, for example, if you go and you know, plant your foot on the floor, you're expecting that your thigh or femur is not going to keep traveling forward. It's going to stop and give you stability. So when you cut or you plant, that's essentially what it does, and that's in kind of a forward direction. Um, and so that's what happens when you tear your ACL is you lose that control. So where you do step forward going downstairs or you stop to plant, take a jump stop, cut one way or the other, that knee can shift and basically give out. And so that's what happens when somebody tears their ACL where they, they become unstable. <clears throat> and so taking that into, say, his position, the question you asked, the question you asked about his position, um, how does that impact him? You know, I think significantly, especially when you look at somebody, this isn't a drop back passer. This is somebody who is you know, very electric. He's elusive. He cuts. He has to jump very well. The speed's got to be great. So you put all those things together, you know, number one, that <clears throat> it's amazing just the, the talent that he has to do those things. And so you start adding in, you tear your ACL, now you're putting in, you know, tissue that's different than the original ACL. And so that does change that some. 
the big question becomes, you know, does he regain that kind of that whole package? You know, we can measure these ACLs after we fix them with, you know, straight ahead speed, you know, a 60-yard dash, a 10-yard dash, different side-to-side drills, and those can look really good in our studies. When you start to combine all of those things together, that ability to jump while sprinting, adding in all those athletic things that he needs to do to be the player that he is, they are different. Um, and so in some ways he will be different. The question will be to, to what level does you know, he diminish in his ability, and that, that's, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what he does just in terms of the rehab. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center, a jock doc Wednesday. We're talking Odell Beckham Jr. How the injury happened is yet uh, Baker Mayfield's first first pass attempt against Cincinnati, a forced throw to Beckham. Uh, ball was picked off. Beckham turned uh, to chase down the defensive back for Cincinnati, but he crashed into uh, the uh, one of the one of the other players and also. Andy Janovich of, of Husker fame trying to also trying to make the tackle. So this was kind of a, a, a collision. It looks like when it comes to, to how this went down, um, when it comes to recovery and, and just your procedure, Dr. Brandon, I mean, things have advanced really at a high level, haven't they? When it comes to repair and, and the, the air quote good is new. I mean, that that's, that's a reality with ACLs, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, there, there's been some technology that's that's been introduced that uh, really helps with what we call graft placement, uh, which really was kind of a big issue when they first started doing ACLs. There are all kinds of gizmos and gadgets they tried to use to try to put the, basically when you, when you recreate or reconstruct the ACL, you have to remake it. And so using tissue from somewhere else, whether it's, you know, from the patella tendon, that's the tendon below your kneecap, or hamstring tendons off to the side, or even if somebody's using a cadaver graft, you have to be able to drill some tunnels into the bone on the shin on the tibia and then also on the femur on the outside and so what's really critical is where you place those tunnels and in particular it's how you drill that tunnel on a thigh bone on the outside that's really critical in terms of putting that in the right spot and it took a long time to kind of develop the the right equipment to really kind of give you a significant advantage for that there is some new stuff that we're using now that's just outstanding it's uh, it's called a retro reamer where basically you, you put a guide inside the knee put it where you want it to be on the inside of that femur and then it comes out around the outside of where the incision is and wraps around the top side of the thigh and then it really kind of helps allow you to put it in almost that just perfect exact spot and that's something that's you know really new technology that's fantastic that's really I think changed the game in terms of positioning the graft in the right spot so that's a new thing that's there obviously the rehab programs have been you know completely redefined and are are terrific Um, in terms of other stuff you can add to your graft sure there's newer technology out there, but you add some stem cells to the graft. You add, you know, PRP, where you take their blood out, spin it down, add some uh, and uh, growth factor to your graft. You can do those things. That's not really mainstream just yet. Um, I think what's coming in the future will be once you put your graft in. The, at some point, we're going to figure out a way to wrap some kind of stem cell. Oh, package, if you will, right. substance around the graft itself to help it kind of reincorporate and be stronger. That'd be something that's coming in the future. Uh, but in terms of the rehab program, even though we've advanced significantly in terms of our rehab, what we're doing, how do we start it, how quickly we start it, um, we're still at a point where, you know, we've really pushed the envelope very hard for a while and got to the point where people were getting back really early in ACLs. And we've talked about this before. And 
in some cases, four to you know four to five months, people were coming back, and of course they look great, they passed all the physical tests, but really at that point, you're just not quite ready to return. There's so many things that have to kind of be remade in terms of that neuromuscular retraining and having your graft grow probably into the bone and all those things. And so as we did that, we started to see more of some failures early on, and so that number started to be pushed back a little bit six months, seven months, eight months. And really when you look at that number, that number keeps kind of getting closer to a year now, especially if you look at, you know, the NFL athletes, professional athletes, you know, you look at those folks and they're taking a good year off. Now granted that's part of just their season process of having a year in between their seasons, different than a high school athlete. However, that really is honestly the right answer is to push it out. If you can get patients out eight, nine months, they do much better. Your re tear rates are much lower. Um, they look better when they hit the you know court or the field again. And so that's kind of the big push. That's where I see the rehab part of this going is, is going a little longer to really get that athlete mentally, physically prepared to go back and do what they need to do. Where I see patients make mistakes is when they want to try to get somebody back at five or six months. That's pushing it. You know, six months, there's a decent number of athletes that might be ready, but that's still pretty early. So that would be kind of the big thing that, that's changed. And obviously, OBJ is going to have a, you know, a long time to recover, and, but he should be ready to go by next year. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. We're talking OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., his ACL injury and uh, his recovery and uh, the timeline for him to return laid out here by Dr. Brandon. Dr. Brandon, we'll get caught up again soon. Thanks for a few minutes. You bet, Chris. You guys take care. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time tomorrow, Joel McAvick, Gary Barnett, Brandon Vogel, Parker Gabriel, and hopefully news on a Saturday opponent. Our old buddy Vic from Colorado has chimed in, vowing to buy me a bottle of whatever I want if Nebraska actually gets to play a game against somebody Saturday. But to do you one better, Vic, you are coming to Lincoln, and we're going to take a shot at Duffy's and a shot at the bar. All right? Socially distanced, of course, but save your money on the bottle, spend the money on gas, find your way to Lincoln. Uh, Faithful caller. And the guy who's got a firearm or two, Clyde, is with us. Clyde, thanks for dialing up. How are you? I'm pissed. I should be going to downtown the Haymarket, having beers, watching the Huskers play Wisconsin, and this is crap. It is, Clyde. It is. Now, do you think there's the, uh, the, the vicious, dirty rumor? It's not even a rumor. It's just flat-out slander. But that Wisconsin's ducking Nebraska. I don't. I don't see that. I think this is just Barry Alvarez is scared. Barry Alvarez is scared to come to Lincoln or get his four-string quarterback out there. He's scared. It's a tinfoil hat conspiracy by the Big Ten. You can't convince me otherwise. Clyde, I love your your enthusiasm. Uh, I don't agree. Respectfully, I don't think it's conspiracy. The, 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 the problem is this: the the guy that's in the chair that's too big for him, that said, you know what, fine, fine, I'll eat my vegetables, fine. The Big Ten will return to football, but no bye weeks. That's the issue. This thing should be being made up in, 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 in December. 
you're right. I mean, as much as I'm pissed off, you're, you're exactly right. They made a mistake going eight for eight, thinking that it could be perfect. I mean, you look at any <laughs> a pandemic that's playing right now. <laughs> let's, let's make sure we're going to be perfect. No issues. Everything's in the world completely upside down. It's just the most asinine thought you could ever have. But it is Kevin Warren, so who's surprised? Clyde, uh, did you like any part of the Ohio State game? I like the offensive line. I thought the offensive line was pushing those guys around. I thought they looked good. I really liked Ty Rob. Ty was nice. Be good, excited for him. I think he's going to be a really good player for the Black Shirts in the upcoming couple of years. How many birds you get? Uh, I got a lot of birds. A lot of birds. We went out and uh, got eighteen geese. 12 ducks, a lot of gadwalls. Mallards aren't flying south yet, but when they come down, gum barrel will be hot. I know a guy with a smoker, just saying. Clyde, we love you. Oh, we love you too. Long-time listener, always going to call in, love the show. You guys are awesome, and uh, let's hope we can play someone on Saturday because I need to drink a mass amount of beers. I'll be buying. Clyde, you be good, brother. Take care. Good, y'all. Go be red. Clyde has eradicated the entire bird population of Nebraska. And he's proud of it. That gun barrel's hot. <laughs> that was an awesome call. <laughs> <laughs> that gun barrel's hot. Hey, if you drive it around, buckle up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing their seatbelt. If used properly, seatbelts can reduce risk of injury or fatal injury. By 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Get the podcast. Hail Varsity. Herdat Media. Awesome group of podcasts. Spotify. iTunes. Back at you tomorrow at 4. Hopefully some football news. Take care.